if you are willing to work hard at something, the thing that's so interesting about life to me is that, you know, you may start off on one road, you know what I mean? Thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working hard, I'm doing this and doing it, blah, blah, blah. but boom, because you're working hard and you're putting yourself in it, something over here is going to pop. Mm. And it's going to be 10 times bigger than this, you know what I mean? And it's going to put you in a position where, wow, you know? But the only reason you got this is because you were working hard on that. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm sitting down in studio with Tim Brown. Tim, what's up? Welcome what's to the show, What's going on, man. brother? Good to see you. Yes, sir. Thanks yes, so much sir. for taking the time. My pleasure. So, man, this has been a, it's been a crazy day talking to so many people. <laughs> um, and now I'm sitting down with another Hall of Famer, another world-class performer of world-class performers. Right, right, right. right people right, that right. it's already really difficult to make it to the NFL, but then to have an actual like storied career is, is another thing. So I want to rewind the clock a little bit and, yeah. and figure out how you got to that point, what yep. led to that. So let's, you know, 10, 11-year-old Tim Brown, take me back to that time. Yep. Tell us what life was like for you at that point. Man, you know, it was it was all good, you know. I mean, you know, got mom and dad at the house, you know. We got a little house on the hill. And where would where, you go? I'm in Dallas. Okay. Yeah, grew up in Dallas. And at 10, 11, we're in southeast Dallas, which is probably mm, – Three or four miles south of downtown, okay. and maybe a couple of miles away from the Fair Park. Okay, you know, and uh, but life was good, man. I was the youngest kid in the house at that time. How many others? Four above me. Four. Wow. Yeah, and uh, my mom and dad decided that when I was, when I was sixteen to have another baby. <laughs> so I have a, <laughs> I have a, a younger sister who was yeah they were in their mid forties and they wow. had a had a. Little, yeah, man, you know, look, yeah, that <laughs> was a mid-40s yeah, surprise. Yeah. My mom, you know, I thought my brother was going to get killed that day because my mom had had a couple of miscarriages that mm. had almost taken her out. You know? Oh, wow. So my brother was so mad and he was like, and all in my dad's face, what are you trying to do, kill her? <laughs> and uh, I was like, he about to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. he didn't. But he it's didn't, thank God. Yeah. 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 No brothers I don't have that story to tell, yeah. thank God. But, yeah. Uh, no, man, look, I mean, athletic, athletically, at 10, 11, well, at that age, I tell people probably the biggest or uh, only sports regret I have in my life, when I was 11, the elementary school principal came up to me and said, Tim, you know, I've been watching you, you know, for a couple of years. Your hand-eye coordination is, is unbelievable for a kid your age. I want to teach you how to play golf. No. You know, I'm a hood kid, yeah. you know. I was like, golf. come on, man. <laughs> I mean, you could have asked me to go scuba diving, you know. I would have been like, <laughs> and I was so offended by that. I was really offended that this man wanted me to go out in the hot summers in Dallas oh, and yeah. chase a little ball around. I could not, and my, I was like, who does oh, that? That's not a I sport. Mean, it's not, <laughs> and they're, not, they're not athletes. <laughs> 
And here I am at 56, every chance I get. Trying to uh, learn um, how to play golf. I'm chasing that little <laughs> chasing. ball around. Oh, so. man. I say that all the time. <laughs> golf would have been a better way to spend my, my youth. It ended up working out well for you because you chose a sport and did extremely well with it. No doubt. No I doubt. just got a bunch of injuries, and now I still suck at golf. So was football always the sport? No, 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 no. Man, I thought I was a basketball player. Okay. I love basketball more than, than I did football. I was only 5'10 in high school. I grew a couple of inches in when I got to college. Okay. But I was so disappointed, man. I sing it here where I only got like two letters in basketball, yeah. like Lamar University, a little small school in, in Kansas City and in, in Kansas. I was, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I got a stack of football letters over here, and I got two letters in yeah, basketball. The one you wanted to And hear, I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't believe it. Don't they see I'm a good man? <laughs> But, you know, 5'10", I was only 5'10", you know, but no, football, basketball and track, man. That's what I did from from junior uh, from junior high all through high school. So you obviously chose chose the football. Yeah. You know, look, better university or more opportunity that you thought would would come to you later on. Did you choose it because it was a better school? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Look, I mean, you're talking about Lamar University of Notre Dame. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was a it was a no brainer what what we were going to do. Did you have at that point an intention to play any sport professionally? Profe- oh, no, no, no. Okay. okay. No, so it was literally not. just like, this no, is no. my vehicle to go to college, yes. get a good job. And- Look, when I left out the house at 18 years old, I was 17, actually, when I left. Uh, my birthday uh, is over the summer. Same. My mom, and, my mom and dad said to me, hey, look, boy, there's no future in football for you. You go up there and get that education and get on back home. Yeah. And that was my mindset, man. I mean... I love football. I mean, I, I, you know, and, but I didn't, I wasn't dreaming of playing in NFL, you know, I mean, I was doing what the team asked me to do. If they played me great, if they didn't, there was a reason in my mind why they didn't. So I didn't, I didn't complain, you know, and, and I I didn't get off to the best, best start, you know, my year, the first play opening kickoff of the year, they had told me they weren't going to put me back there, right? It was going to ease me into the game. You know, Jerry Faust gets, gets all excited. Timmy, if we, if we win open the kickoff, I want you to return the punt, return the kick. And I was like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm saying to myself, that didn't just happen, did it? Yeah. And I literally went in shock. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I literally left the locker room without my helmet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was that bad. They let me get like halfway down the, the tunnel, you know, the upperclassmen like, hey, freshman, yeah. did you forget something? I'm like. No way. I don't think so. <laughs> right. It looked good to me. <laughs> it was like your helmet. I was like, oh. So at that point, you know, maybe they should have warned the coach that there yeah, was a problem. Right, but right. I don't think I ever, I've ever prayed for us not to win the opening toss. <laughs> and I'm not Catholic, but I was on my knees. Hell, Lord, hell, Mary, full of grace. Please, please don't let I've us. I've never done anything to disappoint right. you. Yeah. <laughs> but we win the opening toss, man. And, uh, you know, then you try to do that man up thing, right? Pounding your chest like yep. you got this. And yep. I knew they were going to squib kick the ball. Because we used to play on, you know, back then the, the turf was like this. You know, yep. it was a little carpet and it was concrete is what you played on. I got in front of the ball. I did that okay. And I started to run. And I still think I'm in shock at this point. I literally run into the back of my guy, fumble the ball, take a couple more steps because I don't realize I had fumbled the ball. Oh, no. And, you know, I'm on the 20 and the ball is back on the 11, 12, 11, 12 yard line. And that's how I started my career. So obviously a Hall of Fame career hey, from, right from day one. Hey, I, I yeah. told everybody, hey, look, I told you I was coming here for an education. So <laughs> yeah. I guess y'all, I guess y'all yeah. believe me now. 
But what, what did you major in? Major in sociology with a minor in business. Okay. I know they even have what they call an arts and letters business administration major, and that's what I got my degree in. And when did it change? Well, Lou Holtz got there. Mm. So Jerry was gone after my sophomore year. Lou came in after we did winter ball, which is 5 a.m. practices. And he made everybody have 8 o'clock classes, mm. you know what I mean? So <laughs> that was that took a lot to get used to. Doing that just to, like, try to keep everybody's Dis- nose clean? Or, or, Discipline, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. you know. So when we got out outdoors, after, you know, about two weeks, he would just pull me into his office. And, and showing me, you know, and I come in at one time, and he was like, okay, tell me, tell me what the problem was. And I was like, coach, what are you talking about? Kid, you just tell me what the problem is, right? You just tell me what the problem. I was like, coach, don't you lie to me. You just tell me what, you tell me why they weren't playing you. I was like, coach, they just didn't play. You're lying to me again. Why are you lying to me? There's no coaching staff in America dumb enough not to play you. Now, why weren't they playing you? I was like, they just didn't play me. He couldn't believe that. And so he told me, he said, look, man, the only way you're not going to get the ball is if they find a way to intercept the snap from center. If they do that, I can't get you the ball. Hmm. (laughs) But if the ball gets to my quarterback – you're going to get the ball in your hands. What do you think that he saw versus? Well, you know, what he told me was like, you're doing things on the field that we're not asking you to do. I mean, instinctively, you're, you're making plays and you're blocking people. Or you're doing this or you're doing that. And God knows when you get your ball in your hands, it's like Mr. Excitement. You know, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, you could be the best player in the country. And I told him, yeah, I said, I didn't come here to be the best player in the country. Yeah. I'd say, hey, look, I'm going to get an education. Yeah, go I'm back here for home. sociology, actually. Right. <laughs> Married my high school sweetheart. Be a deacon in the church. Yeah. And he was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He was like, you could be the best player in the country. I said, coach. You didn't not, see it? No, I, nope. Didn't see it. No so intention. every day he would bring me in. He would show me, Tim, this is next level. Tim, this is that. And wow. finally, I just said to myself, look, Tim, just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I mean, we'll, clearly we'll, this guy knows what he's talking about. Well, you know, it scrub. wasn't even that. It was like my, my attitude was like, he don't really know what he's talking about, but just go really? with it. And, you know, so you can say you did. Yeah. When things don't go the way he's saying, then, right. you know. Sociology. Yeah, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just move on. Right. And my junior year, man, was just incredible. I mean, he put me in a position to make plays, and mm. we made the plays. And, you know, and returning punts and kicks and all that kind of stuff led the nation in all-purpose yardage and all that. And um, it's like, wow. everybody's like, where did this kid come from, you know? It's crazy how one yeah. person – can believe in you enough yeah. to change the way that you believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it sort of happened, and I know you got a little timeline, you probably, but I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Yeah. It sort of happened with uh, John Gruden, too, mm. because when he when he came into the Raiders, I was in year, going into year 11, I think. Okay. I mean, at that point, he could have very easily said, hey, you know, you've done well, but mm. we're going to move on, get a younger guy. And he was, you know, John was only – I was 32. He was 34. You mm, know what I mean? wow. <laughs> so, so like peers. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right, right. I mean, he could have very easily said, "Hey, I want to go get a younger guy. Da da. We're gonna grow together. Da, you know." But, uh, but, but same thing. He brought me in. Um, I'll tell this story, then I'll stop because I don't know what kind of timeline you got. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but he brought me in in the office, and he he said to me, "I've watched almost all of your catches up until this point, and." 
why do they not throw? Why did you not get passes in the uh, in the red zone inside the twenty? Mm-hmm. And I just laughed because it was a running joke that for the quarterbacks never to throw me the ball inside the twenty. That was like a Al Davis rule. I mean, <laughs> so he was like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, you you watch my film. You you see. I mean, anytime we get in the 20, inside the twenty, either they take me out the game, yeah, or if I am in a game, they got me on the backside or whatever, whatever." And he was like, "What are you but talking why? about? <laughs> you know?" But Al had a thing was that he wanted you to play good, but he didn't want you to play great. Because if you play great now, everybody's going to know about you. You're going to want more money, the trade, da, 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 all this stuff, going, you know, free agent, all that, you know, all that came into play. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, so with offensive players, because he could control those guys more defense, you can't stop Howie Long from going, getting the sack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't do that. But offensively, you, you can, just don't run the plays through him. Yeah, just yeah. don't run the plays through him. And that's what they did. So when Gruden got there after 10 years, I only had 40, 45 catches, I mean, touchdown passes. And the four years with him, I had just as many or, or more wow. in four years. So that put me in a position to get to 100. And cool. at that time, that was sort of the barrier for being a Hall of Fame receiver if you got to 100 touchdowns, you know. so Wow. That's crazy, man. Yeah. One, one person, right? <laughs> One person, right. man, you know. Putting their neck. I, I told him, I said, you're going to get fired. <laughs> I, that's what I told him. I said, you're going to get fired. Yeah. He'd say, well, if, if they fire me because we're scoring touchdowns, yeah. then I should get fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll I won't accept get fired. my fate at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Okay, so you are majoring in sociology. Mm-hmm. You're playing football. Was it after junior year when you had that really good year where you were like, oh, I actually might be able to turn this into a career? Yeah, uh, funny enough, that actually happened here in L.A. Okay. Uh, we had came out here to play USC. Okay. And we were down late in the game, I think with 12 minutes to go. I think we were down 19 points or something like that yeah. with 12 minutes to go. And I had a couple huge plays, a big catch, a big punt return. And we came back and won the game on the last second field goal. The great late Jim Murray for the L.A. Times came up to me at that time. If he puts your name on the list, everybody put their name, put your name on the list. Mm. So he came up to me and said that I was going to be his front runner for the Heisman. Wow. I remember Notre Dame, we would always end the year in either Florida or California. And we would go out on Monday because it was Thanksgiving weekend. So our families would come out. So my brother was, was, uh, was out there. And I remember going outside the locker room. I said to him, I said, bro, this guy just said, I'm going to be his front runner for the Heisman. And I said, even if I don't win the Heisman, you think somebody may want me to come play pro? And we looked at each other. We were like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Nah, nah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, we were so laser focused, man, on yeah, right. education and all that, right. that we just never saw it coming until it was right in front of us because two weeks after that. I was going to say, so what happened then? Yeah, yeah. so two weeks after that, you know, yeah, the draft of 80, 87 is coming up, but they're already talking about the top guys for the 88 draft or going into the 87 football season. And my name was one, two, three, or four, or five on all everybody's list. So even, you know, if you don't win the Heisman, somebody's wow. going to be, you know what I mean? And so, you know, we got, you know, we had to go get an insurance policy. You know, we did all that stuff, man, because yeah. now all of a sudden you're in a totally, totally different uh, position. So 
did it feel life changing before it happened in that sense? Like when you started seeing your name on these lists, did you already feel like, wow, my life is going to be completely different than I thought it was going to be? I still didn't see big picture. Yeah. I, I didn't. And really that that's because of the family I came from, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, you only, I mean, you only know what you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, my mom and dad are good people or, you know, my dad I lost my dad a few years ago, but you know, mom is sort of, sort of the earth, you know, church woman never yeah. wanted me to play. You know what I mean? After college, every year she would ask me, "Oh, you gonna you can quit now? You you know really? You, Even you, in in the NFL? It, every every year, every year. You know, oh, no man. matter you prove to them that you can do it. You don't That's you don't funny. have to. She, uh, she, what, what because of injuries or like she, she wanted she's you home? A, she or? wanted me. You know, she's a very very religious woman. Got it. Got it. And I uh, thought the the football is a devil's workshop. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> a sports right. period. You know what I mean? But. So, just like, you know, uh, just like the water boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Football's yeah. The devil. Yeah. So, yeah, man, no, it's, it's just one of those things That's where so you, you, you're not thinking that because the people around you are not thinking that, you know, right. I mean, when the people around you are talking about normal things and treating you normally, then that's, that's what you do. That's right. who you are. Right. You know, and, you know, no, it literally took people on the outside to tell us what, don't you don't you see don't you understand what's happening here? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And because we we definitely didn't see it. Not only can you make it, but you can actually be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you could be like really good at this game. Yeah. You know? I mean, but you know, I think by the time I got to my senior year, I understood. I fully understood what was happening. Yeah. But even that, you know, the one thing I told my team, because going back a little bit in high school, I won four games in my three years on varsity. You said you won? I won four games. We were four twenty-five and one. Wow. So the first year at Notre Dame I was five and six. I think we may have gone six and five the first year. I mean uh, the second year. Lose first year. I think we went we were either five and six or six. I think we were five and six because we went to USC that year. We were four and six out no bowl game, no no hope of doing anything. So, you know, all I wanted, I knew we were a good football team. All I wanted was to win. <laughs> win. Mm. I just want to win. You yeah. know what I mean? Have a winning winning season yeah, would be right. great. So I, I just told my guys, please, you can help me out by let's not be talking about this Heisman. Let's go and get this thing done. Let's go win. Let's go do this. And it worked until we were eight and one. Oh wow! And uh, we went to Penn State, and we lose. Tony Rice tried to be the hero. Should have pitched me the ball. I was wide open on a two-point conversion. He pitched me the ball. I walk in, but he tried to turn it up and slipped or something. But anyway, so after that game, we know, you know, we don't have – because if we win that game, we go down to play to Miami, play mm-hmm. Miami with a chance. If we beat them, we go play the nice championship. Yeah. So after that, that week, everybody, oh, well, let's, let's win the Heisman for Timmy. And, you know, I probably had my worst game going down in Miami that year because now we're thinking about it and talking about it. But no, man, look, it was a pretty interesting time. No yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers 
agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Talk to me about draft day. What was that feeling so, like So, you? Um, you know, you wanted to go number one overall, right? Mm-hmm. You know, once Atlanta pretty much said they, they were going to go defense no matter what, then we knew that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the teams after that, and I don't know the exact order, but I know it was Kansas City, Detroit, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City, Detroit, Tampa Bay. It was four teams. I can't think of the other one. Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, Detroit. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Kansas City, it's Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, and Detroit. Yeah. So those are the four teams, and all those teams were looking for a savior. They were looking for somebody <laughs> to come in and it's like, in the name of Jesus, he, <laughs> he just healed us, right? <laughs> and now you have to realize that. Oh, let me go back and say this. Beginning of my senior year, you know, we lose. Steve Berline, after the draft, he went to the NFL. Terry uh, Andresiak takes over. Terry is dropped back quarterback, you know, you know, laser passer. We lose him in the opening game my senior year. So Lou said, he brings me in and said, Tim, we're going to have to go to wishbone. We've got to go to wishbone offense. Said, Tony can't run a drop back offense, yeah. and we've got to go to the wishbone. So I'm in a three-point stance most of the year. Yeah, yeah. Or if I, even if, I'm, if they put me out, I'm still in a three-point stance. My whole deal was I can't go from being in a three-point stance wishbone offense to going up against some of the best cornerbacks in the history of the game. I mean, yeah. that doesn't make any sense, you know what I mean? So I need to get to a team where I got time. I can work with it. You, you know? develop. Yeah. And um, so we, we looked at the Raiders and like, dang, Marcus, Bo, yeah. uh, James Lofton, yeah. Mervyn Fernandez, all these guys, we need to get there. Yeah. You know, Todd right. Christensen at the time, you know. Yeah. That was a good squad. Yeah. And I don't know what my agent did, man, but, you know, if he didn't do anything for me in the 20 years we were together, he did that. That he, one thing. Yeah. He got me to the Raiders. He said, I don't know if Al's going to take you, but I'll get you. I'll try and get you there. And he did. And come to find out, Al didn't want me. Oh, really? No, no, no. He walked out of the draft room. No way. That's the story I was told. He walked out the draft room and said, when this kid fails, it's on you guys. It's not on me. Jesus. So when I first get to the Raiders, Ron Wolf, who went into the Hall of Fame with me, literally, I mean, I, I'm not on the – I've ran like two routes. 
and he pulls me off the field and he's like sweating like hey, hey man look uh you know you know we really need you to play well i'm like i mean i, I mean i'm at a little walkthrough you know i mean it's like, like i dropped 18 no balls and you know it was like i was like we well can we yet. like get yeah. to training camp can we can like stretching yeah it was really, That's but crazy. you know, they were in a lot of pressure that yeah. if I didn't play well, they were all going to get fired, yeah. you know? So he didn't tell me that, but I mean, obviously when the man's sweating bullets, yeah, right. you, you understand what's happening. It was a little, little different, man, but yeah, it worked out perfectly for me because James Lofton and these guys, man, and uh, we brought in Willie Galt. They brought in mm -hmm. Willie Galt the same yeah. year they brought me in. Just, just had a chat with him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it really put me in a position to return punts and kicks. And I literally thought I was born to return punts and kicks. So mm -hmm. I had no fear, no intrepidation at all about, about that. Matter of fact, the first time I touched the ball in college, I fumbled. First time I touched the ball in the field, I returned a kick eight, 97 yards for a touchdown. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, but, Retribution. Uh, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had time. And then, you know, in a very strange way, man, my second year, I tear my knee up and I have reconstructive surgery. But looking back on it, I think it was probably one of the best things that happened to me. Mm. Because now I, got, I had a chance to, you know, watching the game, you know, uh, when you're in college or whatever, watching the game on TV is one thing. But when you're in the locker room or you're in the meeting, meeting rooms and you see and you hear what is going on when the coach is telling the, 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 what James and what James is responding back, man, that just mentally it took my game like off the, out the roof, man. And when I came back in 90, I mean, I didn't light it up because they didn't let me light it up, but they wanted to make sure. But I felt like I was a much, much better receiver mm. mentally. Yeah. Just from the, the yeah. football IQ yeah. that you mm -hmm. picked up being around those guys. Yeah. No doubt. Your environment shapes you. Right. Without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, and having James Lofton, who was, you know, of course, Hall of Fame receiver, but, man, he was such a great friend and, you know, great coach and on the field that it just, just made life so, so easy. So the purpose of the show is to talk to world-class performers just like you and try to grab something practical that somebody listening can take and implement into their life in whatever it is that they're pursuing. If you were to talk to somebody maybe at the beginning of their journey or even talking to yourself at the beginning of your journey, what would be a couple of the lessons that you think have helped you excel in an area that is extremely difficult and competitive? I tell people all the time that <clears throat> there is no substitution for hard work. Mm -hmm. I mean, there just isn't. I mean, and even in today's world where you can push a button and do this and do that, the guy who's working harder at that is going to be better at that. Yeah. And, you know, my practice shoes, I used to put hard on this foot and work on this foot. So every time I looked down, I saw hard work. Because what I learned, you know, really going back to high school, that – some of the more talented kids, kids were more, way more talented than me. Yeah. They didn't want to put the work in. They weren't disciplined. They, whatever. They just, yeah. you know. Got distracted. If you are willing to work hard at something, I mean, you know, the thing about it, the thing that's so interesting about life to me is that, you know, you may start off on one road, you know what I mean? Thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm doing this and doing it. Blah, blah, blah. But boom. Because you're working hard and you, you're putting yourself in the something over here is going to pop. Mm. 
and it's going to be 10 times bigger than this. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's going to put you in a position where, wow, you know, but the only reason you got this is because you were working hard on that. Totally. Yeah. You know it breeds I mean? opportunity. It's exactly right. Yeah. And, and but the harder you know, I work, the luckier I get. Right. <laughs> exactly. yeah. You know, and the one thing I try and tell my kids, man, just whatever you do, just do it. Yeah. You know, just I don't care if you're coaching. I don't care if you know, my son wants to coach. My daughter wants to be a lawyer and mm-hmm. another another daughter thinking about, you know, psychology. I don't care. Yeah. Just work at it, because if you work at it, even if something don't pop on the side, man, you're going to be the best. Right. The best you can be. And that's all you can ask for. And know? the best you can be at anything. If you're one of the best at almost Literally anything you can make a fantastic living and live a wonderful and live no a, a great life. No doubt, even, especially now. No with, doubt, with how many ways there is, there are to monetize your expertise and everything. You know, yeah. it's just if it's just that yeah. you got to take the time to get you gotta really do good it. at the thing. You got, whatever you, it is, you, you got to do it, man. You hear stories, man, but when you dig into the story, you know why the story is what it is. You know why it didn't work. You right. know because. You wouldn't put in the work yet. Sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. And the discipline. If you're a hard worker and you're a disciplined person, man, look, I tell people, I mean, literally, I think in, in the 17 years in the league, I think I can count on one hand the workouts I've missed. Mm. I, it just didn't happen. 17 years. <laughs> 17 league, years. Man. You know, so you're talking from Crazy. March the 1st until June the 15th, you know, working out four days a week, you know. Nothing, because nothing pre- takes precedence over what you really want to accomplish. Right. If this is what you're trying to accomplish, then why are you over here when, it, when you should be working on this? Mm. You know what I mean? So, but that kind of discipline, man, now I'm walking around with this shirt on. Yeah. You know what I mean? People, why you do that? Because I earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be walking around with your home shirt on. Why? Yeah. I'm about to put my ring on, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making you uncomfortable. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, because, man, look, I mean, you know, look, I mean, life is short and, you know, but when you work hard at stuff, at something that you know, you know what you gave up yeah. to get to it. Right. Hey, you, y'all say whatever y'all want to say about me, but I got about 20 more shirts like this in my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I may wear one every day for a month if I could. But no, man, you know. You put um, in the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hard work, discipline, man. You know, and those are things. Everybody can do that. That, That's the thing, man. It's a level level playing field for the most part. I'm a kid from freaking southeast Dallas. Right. On a high school that went more than four, four games in three years. Yeah. But the opportunity was there, man. You just take advantage of what you have in front of you, you know, and things will work out great. Tim, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Is there anything that, that you're working on? Anything you'd, like if somebody's watching this, they want to go get more of Tim, how can they do that? Man, you know, I'm working on, uh, there are only 10 guys who won the Heisman and in the NFL Hall of Fame. Mm. Heisman to the Hall. That is a very interesting stat. Yeah. Yeah, only 10 guys. Charles Woodson going in uh, last year made the, made the 10th guy. Wow. And we don't see anybody else in the near future coming, coming up. So, yeah. But we, we shot a documentary, seven of us. Two guys have passed away. Mm. One guy is disqualified. <laughs> Goes by the initials of O and J. Uh, <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, so, uh, but we, we shot a documentary. Fox bought the the documentary okay and great. they're going to show it before the super bowl oh this year uh, this year coming oh, up awesome man from heisman and, uh, to the hall heisman to the hall we're working on that man and uh, we you know our whole thing is we we left the incredible legacy on the field let's go see what we can do off the field you know so we have a heisman h to h 
a foundation, trying to raise money. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing, man. Good stuff, dude. Beautiful Good thing. Stuff. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time, Thank Tim. You. This has been Appreciate awesome. You, if you guys are listening to this, watch this right now. Be sure to look out for that documentary coming out around the Super Bowl this year. And uh, we'll be we'll be happy to support you, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you, bro. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode.